Okay, my name is Jordan, and I work with college students usually. Um, I am single with no children, so I want to preface everything that I say. Um, one of my points is even that a lot of it, you do need patience in studying scripture. And so I'm aware that I have probably a lot more time and get paid to study the Bible. And even in teaching college students, they have a lot more time than women with moms. And so a lot of what the teaching could be overwhelming and it could be like, what are you teaching me? I have no time to ever do this. And so just preface it that it does come with great patience in studying scripture. Um, but I just wanted to start, I'm not sure where to point this, at. yeah. Um, we're just kind of explaining just my story and um, why and how I'm even standing in front of you teaching you how to study scripture. Um, and so I think, I guess it was two weeks ago now, maybe three, but Kristen Aldridge kind of um, spoke on just how to give your testimony. And um, my story is not like Kristen's at all. Um, and she came to know Jesus while she was in college. I um, went to church my entire life and became a Christian through the church and through the church community. But when I got to college, um, someone really started discipling me and teaching me disciplines of the faith. And in the church, um, I never knew that. Um, I was told to pray, I was told to study the Bible, but no one ever showed me how. Um, they just said, do it, and good luck. Um, and just kind of the expectation that I'm supposed to know this without anyone teaching me how to know it, and all I get is the pastor every Sunday, and as a young I came to Christ at seven. It's like sometimes you're sitting there under the pastor's teaching and you're like, I have no idea what the words you're saying even mean. I need a dictionary with me in church um, to teach myself. Um, but when I got to college, I said the terrible bridesmaid's dresses up there, um, the first picture that the girl beside me holding the flowers, she, my freshman year, um, I met her in... I went to the College of Charleston, so the dorm, all-girls dorm at the time. Um, I met her in the hallway. She was giving out cupcakes and said, you want a cupcake? Come to my room. And so I went, and we ate cupcakes. And that night, she asked me kind of just my story and just about my life. And I'm like, this girl's really getting into my personal space. But then it, that night, she also said, hey, you want to meet up tomorrow and spend time in the Word? I'm like, I've never done that with someone, sure. And so that next day we met downtown in the cistern and we just read our Bibles together. We took out two, two verses and we just spent an hour digging into those two verses and my mind was blown. I'm like, how in the world can I, one, do this by myself, and two, why has no one ever, I am 18 years old, and why has no one ever taught me how to study scripture? It's like my world was completely blown into, and it's like, wow, you can really do this and really understand it and not just read it and pray about it and not just kind of, oh, this is what this means to me, but you can really understand Scripture and really make specific applications to your life. Um, and so I began to do that with her in my four years in college, began to just really love the Word, um, became so in love with the word, word that I wanted to continue to do that, um, continue teaching girls in college how to study scripture, 
knowing my background where I had no one ever taught me until I was a freshman in college, and then I wanted to do that. So I did that, and the picture with the next picture on the bottom, um, that's with me and three of the girls that I've been able to disciple the past four years. And so I met, starting with one girl, I met with her, and we studied the, for an entire semester, studied the book of Acts. And we would meet together, we would read Acts, we would question Acts, we would just dive into the book of Acts and allow the Lord to teach us through his scripture. And then she um, was able to lead the girl in the white t-shirt to Jesus. Um, same thing, meeting with her, teaching her how to study scripture, and through scripture, her heart was drawn to the Lord. And um, just through opening the Bible and God's promises, we see that the word pierces hearts. And so through studying scripture, Ashley came to know the Lord, as did the other girl um, in the blue, yeah, the navy t-shirt. She too, through study of scripture, came to know the Lord. Um, and then my attempt to be like, this is so easy, and you can even teach your children this, the top picture um, with the sunglasses, that is my cousin. She recently turned 13, and a couple of summers ago, she thought she was cool and big enough to go on a vacation without mom, and so she came down to Charleston for a week and spent the week with me. And one morning, I'm just like, I'm just going to teach Gailey how to study the Bible. And so we got up, and I'm like, let's read the Bible together, Gailey. And she's like, okay. Um, and I went through the same process that we're going to look at today with an 11-year-old, and she understood it. And she, her time in the Word probably doesn't look like mine, but she was young, and she still could understand what I was teaching her, and still that time together, I mean, was so rich, and she got home, and she was like, Mom, Jojo taught me how to read the Bible, um, and she was just so excited that she, too, could sit down, read the Bible by herself, and study it, um, and then also the very bottom picture, this summer I went to Bangladesh, and so the scripture's not just for us here in America, or um, it's cross-cultural, and the things that I'm teaching that we're going to look at today, we were done in this summer in Bangladesh. We might have not actually told them the process, but we, as we were reading scripture, we kind of coached them through these questions. And so I got to meet, me and another girl on staff with me, got to meet with six women who were raised um, either Hindu or Muslim who have become Christians, and we got to sit with them and read the story of the woman at the well, and we went through observation, interpretation, and application with them. And so just seeing this isn't just something that I do for fun. Um, it isn't just something that college ministry does for fun to give our students something to do, but it's something that pastors use to um, prepare for sermons. It's something that I hope Bible teachers like Beth Moore do to prepare the entire workbooks and stuff that she gives us. She's doing observation, interpretation, and application. Um, and in my pride, a couple years ago, I took a um, class, seminary class called hermeneutics, which is the study of the Bible. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this class, and they're going to tell me that I've been um, studying the Bible wrong for four years, and then I'm going to come back and tell everybody, ha-ha, I know the better way to study the Bible. Um, but all of our textbooks um, just led you through observation, interpretation, and application. So this is something not just to give you more work to do. It's not just something that 
is impossible to grasp, but it's something that's going to take you deeper um, with the Lord. It's going to give you a greater knowledge of who he is, and in return, it's going to transform you into being more Christ-like. Um, so just, I should have written all these down on your paper, but I didn't. But just kind of the why. Um, why do we study scripture? And so I have lots of just verses that I've ran across. I just want to read to you. You don't have to write, I mean, write them all down. But first, just a good place to start if you need perspective is Psalm 119. And looking through the entire chapter of that psalm, you'll see things like, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Blessed are those who walk in the law of the Lord. I long for your commandments. I delight in your testimonies. I hope in your commandments. I love your law. Teach me. Fix my eyes on your ways. Enlarge my heart. Give me life. I meditate on your word. Um, Strengthen me according to your word. And on and on just a perspective as we see David just longing to know more of Jesus and to know more of his commandments and to follow. And how do we do that? The only way is to to open our Bibles. Um, And then also in John 1 says, in the beginning the word, in, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So we see Jesus himself is described as the word. Um, So why would we not? want to sit in front of our Bibles, and why would we not want to get more of Jesus? Because this is where we find him. Um, let's see here. First Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So we're told to hold fast to the word. Um, hold fast, and we can't hold fast to something that we don't know. Um, Philippians 2.16 says, Holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So how do we keep ourselves from laboring in vain? And we hold fast to the word. No one's up there. I think they left. It's a fun ringtone. <laughs> I don't think I've heard an actual ringtone outside the Apple general one in a long time. Um, so yeah, that was Philippians 2.16, again, telling us to hold fast. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 um, tells us, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So there's purpose um, in our word in Scripture. First Peter 1, 22 through 25 says, Having purified your souls by obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like flower of grass. Like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. So in all the things that we're pursuing, this right here is the one thing that's going to remain forever, and it's the word of God. Um, Colossians 3.16 says, 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. So let the word of God, the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So how do we do that? Um, I just got finished reading, and I think it's all of everyone is really promoting this book, the conferences I've been to, Women of the Word. Um, and it really is a quick read, but it was so good. And it, it goes through a lot of the principles that I'm going to be teaching. And even again, it's kind of this thing where it's like, I wonder if she's going to teach me the same way that I've learned how to study the Bible, but she does it. She kind of expands on it a little more. And we're going to kind of look at some of the things that she also says. But in here, she also teaches what we call observation, interpretation, and application. She teaches it. Um, but one of the things that her heart, the author is Jen Wilkin, um, her heart for women is not to be dependent upon devotionals. And I think we all easily can get into that. And it's easy to read. I was even talking to my dear last night. The big thing right now, like, or has been for a while, Jesus Calling. Everybody has them. Um, but so often we become dependent upon Jesus Calling, which is just... I forget the girl's name, Sarah Young, I think the author is. It's just her interpretation of Scripture. We're not really reading Scripture. We're not really understanding. We're not really dwelling on the Word of God. We're not really in Scripture learning more about Jesus. We're just, telling, we're just reading someone else's interpretation of Scripture. And so Jen Wilkins' big thing is just women having biblical literacy and coming to stating the fact that we're in a culture right now where a lot of people are biblically illiterate. We can read the Bible, but we have no idea what it's really saying. And in a sense, we're reading it, and we're just looking, okay, what is this? how can this help me today? What can make me feel good? Let me go to Scripture right quick and go about my day. Um, but she makes a great point, and it's like there has to be some days where we're just in the Word, and sometimes, one, maybe we don't want to be there. And two, we might study the Word for 30 minutes or study it for an hour and leave, and we don't feel any different. But it's the constant pursuit of Jesus that's going to change our hearts and change our minds um, and lead us and make us more like Christ and give us that biblical literacy that we hope for. And so that's what we're, I'm going to teach you today is just ways to be biblically literate. Um, if anyone walked in, I don't know what I did with them now. Did y'all get worksheets? I think they're out there. Okay. Um, okay, so she, in this book, she does what she calls the five Ps. And those are study with purpose, study with perspective, study with patience, study with a process, and, okay, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to go back through them all again, and then study with prayer. So purpose is the first one. So we're studying with purpose. So we kind of looked at scripture just now, but and I think reading scripture, telling us to study the word should be purpose enough. Um, but even in that, we want, in our daily study, we want there to be some sort of purpose. So what is the purpose? Be good. Yeah. So yeah, to let it dwell let the word of Christ dwell in us richly to know Christ. And so that's what she says. It's not about um, to know that big story. 
the big story that we see from Genesis to Revelation is fall, the fall, or creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. I think I'm missing one. Um, but it says, it follows then that our purpose in studying must be to look for that big story. Each time we go to Scripture, we should study asking not just what a particular portion of Scripture wants to tell us, but how that portion of Scripture is telling us the big story of the Bible as a whole. Studying the Bible with purpose means keeping its overarching message in view at all times. So that goes back to not studying the Bible just for me, but studying the Bible to know and see more of the Lord. And then number two is study with perspective. So in, and this kind of goes into what I would consider observation. So a lot of these, the five Ps are going to overlap um, with what we're going to spend more time on. But it says, before you can hear, with, hear it with your ears, hear it with theirs. Before you can understand it today, understand it back then. It asks us to take on the perspective of the author and his audience in their original setting. And so our perspective can't always be the 21st century. It has to start with the perspective of the authors. It has to start with this perspective of the original audience. So what is the the author trying to tell the church of Ephesus? What in the world are the church, is the church of Ephesus going through at that time? So asking these questions and changing your perspective to how can this help me right now in the 21st century? How can this help me be a better mom? How can this help me be a better wife? But in studying scripture, you're going to see those things, but our perspective has to be in the beginning, what is the author? The exact purpose and what is he trying to say to these exact people and so number three is study with patience and so like I preface like it does take um, much patience to sit I mean there's sometimes where I feel like I could literally probably spend two hours just going through this process and asking these questions and but sometimes you don't have that time and so sometimes you have to be willing to Maybe just spend five minutes in doing step number one, but tomorrow pick up in step number two and being okay with what she says. The cel- but Bible study is rooted in a celebration of delayed gratification. And so even when I read that, I'm like, that's so opposite of what we know because everything we do we can get it now. Um, one of my friends recently just told me, he's like, you're really into Googling things these days. But it's like when we ask questions, why not Google it? We could have all the answers we want right there on our phones. But it's like in, as we study the Bible, we have to be okay with leaving with unanswered questions or a ba- nap time's over and your time is done. And so you have to be okay with not knowing all your answers, not having that... In- extended time that we all probably desire to sit and glean at at the feet of the Lord Jesus, you have to be okay with not having that constantly, but being okay with delayed gratification and being okay with the process of sanctification because that is a process. Like it's not going to become, I'm justified, so now I'm glorified. Like it's that process and the same thing with studying scripture. And then Number four is study with a process, um, and we'll look at that process next. And then number five is study with prayer. And so 
In this book, um, I suggest it, but, hmm? Um, Women of the Word, and I'll have, we'll get there, I'll have the author's name and everything on a slide so you can write it down. Um, but she like writes out different prayers to pray before you start your time in the Word, during your time in the Word, and after you finish with your time in the Word. And so just our mindsets as we are spending time with Jesus, just this constant mindset of prayer, looking, it's like, Lord, help me, give me patience, give me perspective as I begin to look at your word. And while we're studying the word, Lord, I'm like thinking about 20 other things right now. Please bring me back to scripture or at the end of it, Lord, thank you for showing me these things. Um, I pray that I can apply these things to my life. I pray that in that my, as I learned about you, my life can be a reflection of you. And so this constant process of prayer while we're spending time with the Lord. Um, yeah, that was already a lot. But um, so the next th- three things that we're going to look at is called the inductive study. And so that's what I've been talking about, observation, interpretation, and application. And it's the overarching is just called, this is the inductive Bible study. And so the first one is observation. And you, that's really small, sorry. Um, You're answering the question, what do I see? And so on there it has questions to ask, but feel free not to write them all down because if you turn the page, there are two different sheets on questions to ask and things to look for while you are observing scripture. So I think for me, observation is probably the hardest thing to do because it's so easy to look at a script, to look at a passage and then jump, okay, how can I apply this? And, or look at it and say, okay, I know what all that means. This is what, I'm just going to write it out. But observing the text and asking questions is sometimes really difficult, but so important because if you can't observe the scripture and ask these questions, and sometimes I have to take myself back to third grade and asking, okay, what does it mean to be holy? Like we've heard that our entire lives, holy. You should be holy because I'm holy, holy. And so it's like things like that, we think we know, but take, okay, what does holy mean? Let me look up the definition. And like going back to these definitions and um, these questions are things that you learned in high school English. It's like reading a novel or reading Shakespeare in your high school English class. Like these are things that you got graded on right here. So it's nothing new, like you've all been taught to do it. But it's asking the questions, who, what, when, where, why, and how. And in those questions, not answering them because you answer them in interpretation. And so it's so hard to just ask those questions and just leave it, like leave it as a question. Um, Because you're only answering, what do I see? And so this is just a little example. Um, Looking at this bottle of Diet Dr. Pepper, what do you see? We're going to observe the bottle. There's, it's half empty or half full. What did you say? Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, it's not full, yeah. A red cap. Any others? 
It says diet. Mm -hmm. I wonder what's in it. Good question, Jess. <laughs> From looking at it, we don't know that it's really diet under pepper. The label tell us, tells us that, but who knows what's really inside. So it's like if we said, oh, this is diet under pepper, we're kind of interpreting. Because has anybody tasted this? Because I haven't, because it's probably flat, because I just found it in our office. Um, <laughs> um, so we don't know what's inside. It's, we could say it's, it's liquid. That would be an observation. We could even say the liquid is dark, but we can't call it diet under pepper because we don't know what's inside. Um, some other questions that we could ask for observation is, who made it? Where is this diet under pepper from? Whose diet under pepper is it? Um, what is inside? Um, how long have you had it? Um, just different questions about it, but not interpreting the fact that it really is diet under pepper or whatever. Um, there was one time that we did do this, and someone said, oh, that's Coke, and I think it might have even been Jack. And he had to like put prune juice or something inside the Coke bottle, and he made a student come drink it, whoever said it was Coke, and that they were certain it was Coke. They're like, that's not Coke, after they drank a big swig. Um, and so in observation, it's just, what do you see? So in scripture, like, it could be really hard. So you're looking at scripture, and it's going to just be, okay, this says I'm a sinner. This says we are saved by grace. This says by faith alone. Um, this says, oh, I see the word good works. What does it mean by good works? Um, who wrote the book of Ephesians? Um, why are they writing the book of Ephesians? Um, it's just constantly asking those questions. And then on the other page, it says, I'm not sure if I have it. Yeah, things to look for. So it's, we're looking for those things that are emphasized, um, things that are repeated, things that are related, things that are alike, things that are unlike, and things that are true to life. And so a big part is going to be, okay, this says holy three times, or this says grace twice. Like, why is this repeated? It's probably important. Um, or, okay, this starts with the word therefore. And we always say when you see a therefore, you need to ask, what is the therefore therefore? And so because that's going to automatically send you up an entire another passage because seeing what, what in the world this passage, how is this connected to what's above? And so just looking through all these things that are emphasized, repeated, related, alike, unlike, and then true to life. Um, so those are just a lot of 12 different things that you can just, a list of things that you can do just in observation. And so sometimes observation is going to be the bulk of your time, but you have to know yourself and we could probably look at two verses and spend 30 minutes on observation. But if you know that you only have 30 minutes, maybe, okay, I'm only going to spend 10 minutes on observation. And then I'm going to go on and answer the questions that I have, which takes us to interpretation. And so here you are answering the question, what does it mean? And so we've asked a lot of questions in observation. And so in interpretation, you're going to be answering those questions. And sometimes I feel like I've asked these questions and they're probably really easy questions that I've asked and I'll just answer them. But it's so important to let scripture 
interpret scripture. So it's like in interpretation, a lot of your time needs to be spent looking at cross-references. And so those cross-references are the things, the verses that are usually in the middle of your Bible or at the bottom of your Bible. And sometimes, like this, I take this Bible to church with me and it's like there's no cross-references. So what do you do if your Bible has no cross-references? We'll get to the resources page, but there's plenty of things online that you can go to that can lead you to cross-references. There's plenty of apps on your phone now that has apps that can give you cross-references to Scripture. Or my favorite um, is just, and it's super heavy, but the ESV Study Bible has a ton of cross-references. Or any study Bible you're going to find just in the margins, cross-references for almost every verse that's in here. Um, And so you're letting Scripture interpret Scripture. And so looking at other verses, it's like, okay, this idea was also repeated in Philippians, or this idea was also repeated here in the Gospels. And so constantly looking and even connecting it often, very rarely do you not get Old Testament cross-references to New Testament verses. And so even looking, and so that's easily connecting the entire big story meta-narrative of the Bible when you can look add a New Testament passage, and then go straight to the Old Testament. Um, But in interpretation, we have the five C's. So again, sitting in English class, looking at your content, context, comparison, culture, and then consultation is when you look at um, commentaries, dictionaries. It's really hard for me in the study Bibles because you can automatically go down and just read what the interpreters or editors of the Bible have put so the commentary is right there and so it's really hard not to just jump down there and read it and move on but in interpretation not jumping there first not starting with consultation but really letting scripture interpret your scripture and answering the questions that you've asked so looking at content um, and a lot like in the study bible is also with content and context in the culture there's going to be in the front of your study Bibles, it's going to tell you the time period that it was written in, what's going on in that particular area or city. Um, it's going to tell you who wrote it. But also, usually, in all of Paul's letters, in the first verse um, of all of the epistles tells you, I, Paul, am writing to. So you get who the author is, and you also get who he's writing to. So just looking at your content and context, you're going to want, if we're studying two verses you're going to want to read maybe the entire chapter or maybe 10 verses above and 10 verses below to kind of get the context of, okay, we're not just picking these two verses out of the entire Bible and making them work for me, but we're going to check our context and see, okay, what else is this author telling these people at these times? And that's going to help you answer also a lot of the questions that you're asking to your specific questions. And then culture is like when we're looking at our historical background of the people and seeing the author's intent. So kind of already talked about that. And then consultation is looking, commentaries, Bible dictionaries, and then even says seeking godly counsel. So it's like if you're, I mean, I love it because it's like when I have so many questions and it's like I, one, don't have the time to search 20 different commentaries to see what 20 different scholars think. Ask godly people that you know or who are walking with the Lord, ask them, hey, have you ever studied this verse? Can you tell me what you got from it? I just have some questions. And be willing to ask 
your gospel community questions about scripture. And even some of my greatest friendships have started in Bible studies when we get to look at scripture together and our conversations also revolve around scripture. Um, and it's going to keep even as, I mean, I don't know who, if you are there on Sunday, but when Buster's talking about good conscience and conscience and purity and um, Africa, sincere hearts. But it's like a lot of that is going to be in our community. And it's like, what are we talking about? If we're talking about pure things, and so why not talk about what we're learning and gleaning from the word? Um, and then also I have on there seven principles for interpretation. Um, and we have used these for years and years, but I had, until preparing for this, had no idea that K. Arthur wrote it. So, um, and K. Arthur does a lot of the inductive Bible studies um, and teaches this also in her Bible studies, but these are just seven principles for how to interpret scripture. Um, okay, so observation, what do I see? Interpretation, what does this mean? And then application is, how does this change my life today? Um, and so in application is what I think I try to jump to so fast. But how can we apply if we don't observe and interpret? How are we applying if we can't, if we don't know what the scripture means? We can't just jump and apply it. Um, so, because a lot of times we use scripture out of context and we start applying things that really, we don't even really understand what we're applying to our lives. And so, I mean, a lot of, I mean, Philippians 3.14, I think it is. It's like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, every athlete puts that on their faces or came really popular when Tim Tebow did it. But it's like, really? It's like, does God really want you to win every football game? Probably not. You're probably going to lose because it creates humility, and humility is a good thing. Um, and so looking at, but Paul, in writing that, says, I can be content with nothing. So if I never win a championship, if I never win a Heisman Trophy, if I have a losing season, season in football or whatever, like God is still good. Um, and so not taking Scripture out of context. And so we get to application, and we can apply the scripture when we understand scripture. And so you're answering the question, how does this change our life today? And that's, um, that's also really hard, because when we answer those questions, it gets specific. Like you don't, like the more specific you get in your application, the more the word's gonna change you. And so not just, okay, this says, I'm going to live by faith. So I'm just going to live by faith. That's really good, but how are you going to live by faith? Like, how practically are you going to live by faith on this Thursday? Um, so getting as practical and specific as you can. Um, even last night, I was, we had discipleship group, and I asked a question, and they were like, okay, I'm going to really invest time with people. I'm like, okay, that's a really good idea. How are you going to do that? And they're like, uh, I don't know. You've asked really good questions. And I'm like, I'm just asking how. Anybody can ask how. Um, but really, like, start with something and then continue asking yourself, okay, how can I make this more specific to my day today? How, okay, this verse says to love one another. How am I going to love one another? How am I going to love my children? How am I specifically going to love my husband? How am I specifically going to love my 
um, friends that I'm interacting with? How am I going to love the cashier at the grocery store? How am I going to love the waiter who doesn't bring me my food in timely fashion or my cup is empty? How can I love him or her? Um, so it's like getting as specific as possible as you look at your life with scripture and making these applications. And so, um, I think it's on here. Yeah, one way to do this is called the spec method and it should be, it says application spec method. And so it's gonna be, is there sin to avoid? So looking at your life, is this scripture telling me that I need to avoid any sin? Um, P, is there a promise to claim? Like in the scripture, is there a promise that I can claim and take on for the rest of the day? Is there an example to follow? Um, should I be, I'm studying Acts, and we just read about Cornelius, who was a devout man. So it's like, that's probably a good example, like how, and whoever preaches on Cornelius, he's just another man in the Bible of Acts. It's like, how can I look at Cornelius and like follow his example? Like, what has he done that makes me want to live a life that looks like him as he follows Christ? C, is there a command to obey? Um, is the Lord calling us and commanding us to do something? And then K, what is knowledge gained about God or myself? And so, and the K is really important because it's like looking at, okay, what have I learned about God today? What is the Lord teaching me about himself? Um, and using that to guide the rest of your application. And then on the very last handout, there's more questions that you can look at and kind of help your application. So reflection questions through meditation. Um, how can I apply this today? Appli and then at the bottom, applications should be measurable, attainable, and clear. And so there, those are just three points that can kind of measure your applications um, if they're specific enough. Um, I feel like I went through that really fast. But is there any questions about the inductive method? Has anyone ever, other than Chas, have any of you ever under, like, learned inductive Bible study or tried inductive study? Yeah, one, two, yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, these are some of the resources that the book, Women of the Word, um, by Jen Wilkin, and I took, I mean, maybe a total of four hours reading it. Like, it's not too difficult to read. It's a really good resource, and it kind of goes through more specifically um, the inductive study and then the five Ps that she describes. And then even there's a whole chapter. If you enjoy studying Scripture, she devotes a whole chapter on how you can teach Scripture and for um, just kind of looking at and teaching Scripture women need to be teaching women and the importance of that. Um, and then also the ESV study Bible, but there's also a million other study Bibles um, that you could have. Or, and then BibleGateway.com is also a really good resource to find cross-references and scripture if you are looking at something that you want to study and you just can't think of what scripture it is. Bible Gateway is great. And then also BlueLetterBible.org. Um, it's just a good place to find um, commentaries and more just explicit um, knowledge of Scripture from very smart people. Um, and so, let's try it.